Good morning, everyone. My name is Walter. I've uh, the privilege of being part of the team, and uh, I had a bit of a conundrum this morning. I thought, should I go for bow tie? Should I go for a Christmas jumper? And I thought, you know what? I'll go for both. I think that will that will suit. So, it's my privilege to open up God's Word with you and looking at what does Emmanuel mean? What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. We just heard uh, for Hannah what it means for her, for God to be with her. Well, in Dutch, the word Emmanuel, God with us, uh, means God zij met ons. I'm originally from Holland, and uh, uh, the first time I encountered that phrase uh, was when I was a little boy. Uh, I remember it very well. On a Sunday morning, my mother would lay down uh, our pocket money for the week on the cabinet in the uh, living room, and uh, you got 10 cents for each year you were old. And uh, me being the youngest of six, I usually look somewhat envious at the stack of coins for my brothers and sisters whilst taking the smallest cut. Uh, and uh, next to the pile of uh, pocket money, there was uh, little neat stacks uh, of three guilders each to take to uh, that service on a Sunday for the offering. So I would put, put those coins in my pocket, going to church, uh, having them chinking around uh, all morning, pretending to be rich just for a few hours. And uh, I remember it quite well. One of the uh, uh, Sunday mornings, I had those coins in my pocket. And uh, during one of the silent intervals, uh, of which there were quite a few in our church, um, I, uh, I got the coins out. And uh, uh, my uh, dad immediately looked concerned because he thought I was up to my uh, coin-flipping practice again uh, and uh, gave me a little stern look that that was not a good idea um, because that had gone wrong just a few weeks before where uh, one of my coins rolled through half the church, uh, landed with a bit of a rattle underneath the communion table. So I assured my dad that that was not going to happen this morning. Uh, And uh, instead, I decided to carefully uh, study the coins. And whilst I held it, uh, I looked at the front, and uh, at the front of the coin, there was a picture of uh, our queen, the Dutch queen, Beatrix, and her funny balloon-shaped hair. Uh, I was quite intrigued by that. Uh, And then when you turn the coin over on the other side, it had the value of the coin. It said one guilders, uh, the currency in Holland at that time. And then... Uh, At that moment, I discovered something else. On the side of the coin, on the edge of the coin, were some letters engraved. I'd never seen that before. And a very careful reader, rotating the coin around 360 degrees, could make up a phrase. And it said, God zij met ons. If you don't speak Dutch, that means God be with us. And I remember the little moment where I discovered that for the first time. It was like a secret message on the side of a coin. And suddenly realized that for years I had been walking around with these coins in my pocket, uh, chinking around to church. And I'd seen many, many other people um, carrying those coins, uh, buying, selling. Uh, and yeah, at the same time, not realizing the promise that went with each transaction. It was a bit of a, a revelation to me. Now, it's a true story. If, um, if you want to find out for yourself, even nowadays, the two uh, euro coins in Holland still carry the same uh, inscription on the side, on the edge of the coin, uh, which says, God zij met ons, God be with us. Um, the Christian party had a hand in that, getting that on the euro. Uh, and if you find a Dutch euro, you can uh, uh, find out. I mean, with Brexit looming, uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll be uh, soon worth great money. And uh, I recommend you saving one of those for the future generation. Um, the verses that we've just read in Isaiah 7 uh, hold this very same message. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. 
the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And you will call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Now, though the, 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 the message conveyed a sense of encouragement at the time for the people, uh, it was, in fact, a secret message that would be hidden for many generations uh, until it came to its full fruition. Now, the promise, God be with us, when Isaiah brought it to the Israelites, had a very different meaning then uh, than it does to us. When we sit around uh, the Christmas carols and we think of Christmas and the atmosphere and friends and presents, it's got very cozy feeling, doesn't it? Back in that time, things were very different. People were going through a very hard time. And uh, although Isaiah had given them the promise that God would be with them, it seemed like things weren't going quite in the right direction. It seemed like the promise didn't line up with the circumstances because God's people were overrated by their enemies. Uh, they were taken into exile. Um, uh, they went from bad to worse. But the truth was that God, who had promised to be with them, was not going to give up on them just because the circumstances were against them. Even because they disobeyed God, God would not give up on them. He promised them to be with them. Now, it wouldn't be until many, many years later where the full realization of that message came true when Jesus was born, that God was actually physically going to come and be with his people. It was the miracle birth of Jesus that uh, found its fulfillment in his time, uh, what had been brought many, many years ago. There were many um, promises that had been given from one generation to the next. Even Isaiah's genera generation had given it on to the next generation, on to the next generation. And it wasn't until Jesus' generation that that fully got fulfilled. But even as Jesus was born, there was much to be discovered. But Jesus came to be born into this world as we celebrate with Christmas to become and be God with us, Emmanuel, for us to embrace the miracle of God's presence in our life today. We'll look about uh, that more later on, uh, but can I ask you uh, to all stand now as we're going to sing our next few carols together. So let's pick up where we've left it. Isaiah gave a promise that God would be with his people. And from there on, it was passed on from generation to generation. Now, when finally the moment came for God to be really with his people in the flesh, God announced it. But it was a strange announcement. It wasn't at the most prime location, at the most prime time of the day. It was in the middle of the night, in the middle of a field. And all that were there in the field were a bunch of shepherds. When you expect the annunciation of the birth of a king, a heavenly king on this earth, you would expect a little more, wouldn't you? But it wasn't when uh, shepherds were settling down for the night, uh, watching over their sheep, looking at the starry sky, that suddenly this choir of angels uh, appeared and brought the good news to them. Shepherds in the middle of a field. Clearly what God was doing was out of the ornery. It was different. And in that middle of the night, the shepherds heard the good news first. Now, I remember sitting in the middle of the night watching at the stars once with my girls. It was a, a hot, stuffy summer evening. They tried to go to bed, and uh, in the middle of the night, they'd woken up. And uh, I tried to settle them back to sleep, but after five bedtime songs, three trips to the loos, two sips of waters, and five hugs, they were still not settling. And I thought, 
are probably going to have to come up with something else. So uh, in the uh, dark of night, we tiptoed through the house uh, to the back garden, and I just set them on the bench with me uh, in the uh, cool summer's evening uh, to cool them down a little bit. And uh, we looked up at the stars, and uh, uh, it was pitch black. And we, as we were looking up, we could see so many stars. We just had fun for a little moment to try and count them. Uh, and then I told them that, uh, isn't it incredible that there are billions and trillions of stars in the sky? I mean, they are, they are trillions of light years away. We can't, we can't get to them. They're massive balls of gas and fire. Uh, they are huge, uh, much beyond our comprehension when we just see the twinkling little lights in the sky. Uh, and um, I said, isn't it amazing how God has created the whole universe, all these stars, how he hung them into uh, the night sky, as it says in Scripture, how he knows them all by name. And uh, at that moment, we just marveled there in the middle of the night, sitting on that bench in the cool summer's evening, about how great God must be, how incredibly big he must be to hung all these stars in the sky and the universe. As far as scientists goes, uh, they haven't discovered the, the end of the universe yet. Uh, it's so vast. It's incredible. And how great is the God who created all of that? Yet the more amazing truth is that the God who created all of that decides to be with us. The God who is great, the mighty king, decides to be with us. And as we sat on that bench in the middle of the night, marveling about the greatness of God, and uh, they start to cool down again, it was time to tuck them back into bed again. And uh, uh, I tucked them back in and uh, reminded them that in the middle of the night, as they couldn't sleep, it's the same God who hung all the stars in the sky, who's so great, who watches over us at night who sees us, whose eyes are on us every moment of every day. Isn't that amazing? And then they drifted off to sleep like little angels after five more cups of water and three more bedtime songs and five more hugs. It was a, a special moment. Now, the miracle of Christmas was announced to the shepherds looking at that same starry sky 2,000 years before. And uh, as God revealed himself... Uh, it was the incredible miracle that the God who created the universe, hung the stars in the sky, made himself to become small, as small as a baby. Now, to me, that's mind-blowing. You think, how does somebody so big can fit into the size so small, a little baby? Now, I know when my little kids were uh, tiny and small, uh, you just marveled all the fingers and toes and eyes and that all of that can work in such a small space. Uh, when me and my twin brother were born, uh, we were just uh, two, two, two hands full, uh, uh, four pounds each. You wouldn't quite imagine that now, but um, uh, amazing how so small everything works. Now, imagine holding a baby so small, being the creator of the universe who hung the stars into the sky. What great humility must that God have to come and make himself so small. Now Jesus had come to bring his people back to God. He was the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, as we just read in Isaiah, who was born as a baby. He was an amazing, amazing miracle. No longer God out there, but God to have come to be with us. Psalm 8 verse 3 says, When I look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set into place, what are mere mortals that you should think of them? Human beings that you should care for them. Now by taking on the form of a human being, Jesus had come to reveal who God really was. 
Now, he would stay hidden for a little while longer. Um, he would be the hidden message of God that come into the world. And he just grew up like a normal human being, like you and me. He went to school, learned a trade, uh, bumped his knee, learned how to play sports. Um, and uh, for decades, people didn't know that he was the son of God. But then, age 30, when he started his ministry, he started to teach people about God. He, he wasn't just going to be God with his people. He was also going to be the one who was going to bring the people of God to people. And he started to teach about the greatness of God, the wonderful nature of God, his love. He started to demonstrate the power of God by healing people, by going around doing signs and wonders. And ultimately, he would display the love of God dying on the cross for the sins of mankind, to bring God and his people together again. You see, right at the start, when God created the universe, he created Adam and Eve, and he started in the Garden of Eden. And in the cool nights there, they walked together, just like I sat with my girls on the bench. God would come and meet with Adam and Eve, and they were together. But then they had decided to go their own way. And a separation between Adam and Eve and God uh, happened. There was a distance between them. They could no longer be in the presence of God because sin cannot exist in the presence of God. And yet Jesus had come all the way across the universe to come and bring God's people back to himself again. Jesus started to show uh, people how much God cared by the way that he lived. And he started to touch the lives of thousands who were far off, bringing them close by, telling them that they were not alone, that God had to come and be with them. Emmanuel, God with us. Why don't we stand together to sing our next carol together? God with us. Sounds an amazing promise, doesn't it? Except for the days when God doesn't feel close by, just like we've heard from the story of Christopher. I remember a time in my life where God felt very far away. And ironically, it was the year that I got baptized. Um, I got baptized age 17, um, and uh, I decided that God, Emmanuel, God with me, was going to be the reality for the rest of my life. And uh, I remember it well, uh, 13th of February, uh, 2001, uh, age 17, I got in the water, I got baptized, uh, making a statement that I wanted to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. And uh, I imagined nothing but great things from that. And yet the year that followed was full of rubbish things. Um, I had a relationship that went horribly wrong. Um, and then one of my best friends uh, attracted cancer. And uh, I remember he was a Christian too. It was a very hard year. First of all, hearing the news. Um, and uh, as he'd heard the news, it was very uh, uh, progressed cancer already. And then a year of just horrible uh, treatment started, chemotherapy. Uh, I remember going to visit him regularly in the hospital, and I just saw him gradually getting worse and worse and worse. And what made it worse was that his family was Christian, my family was Christian, he was part of a church. We were all praying for him. We were all praying that God would heal him, and we had great faith that God would heal him. But then God didn't. And all of a sudden, we could no longer make sense of God with us. Where was God in that moment when everything went wrong? Where is God when life hurts? Where is God when he feels so far away? And um, in the midst of that, I, I, I struggled. I prayed, but no answer came. And rather than feeling God very close by, it felt like God was very far off. Uh, yet in that 
Same year, um, I, I, um, I met some other friends who went to another church, and they invited me to come on to an Alpha weekend. An Alpha weekend uh, is basically uh, Alpha is a course that talks about uh, uh, the, the character of God, who God is, and all the basics of Christianity. And uh, during the weekend, uh, it was uh, explained how God with us is not just a hypothetical truth, it's an actual experiential uh, uh, promise that will be true for us even in hard times. Even in the midst of fiercer storms and difficulty, we can experience God's presence. God's presence with us doesn't mean that everything's going great. God's presence with us is true even for the most dire moments. Now, Jesus showed God's people the way back to God. He opened up the way to the Father again by dying on the cross and taking the blame for everything that done wrong. And uh, as he conquered death and came out of the grave, he showed that new life was possible for everyone. And then he ascended to heaven. He went on and uh, promised his disciples that he would not leave them alone. He said, I will send my Holy Spirit to be with you. I will put my spirit in you. I will no longer be God with you. I'm going to be God dwelling in you. Another mind-boggling layer of reality of what Emmanuel means. That is not just God who is out there, it's God with us, but not just God with us, it's God who wants to live in us. God not only came to live amongst his people, but he wanted to live in their very, very hearts. And on the day of Pentecost, we celebrate that the Holy Spirit came and came upon his disciples. They were filled with the Spirit. And now all of a sudden they were transformed. Um, they started to become courageous men and women who were going out telling other people about this new life that they found. They went out and started to literally change the world. The fact that we are here today is because of their courage. Now, life was not without struggles for them. Even when the Holy Spirit, God dwelled in them, uh, they uh, faced many difficulties. In fact, most of them died as martyrs. We still remember them today. But the reality was that they had encountered something, a life that went deeper than the challenges of life, a life that, that, that dwelled within them, that was stronger to even overcome the fiercest storms. Now, as we were gathered together at that Alpha weekend, they started to explain that the Holy Spirit who came and filled the disciples then is still the same Spirit of Jesus that wants to fill us. He's still the same Spirit who wants to fill our hearts to help us to experience what it's like for God to be with us. You see, we can sit in these church services and we can sing Emmanuel. What a beautiful song, uh, by the way, so well performed. Um, uh, we can sing and, and hear messages, but the truth is it can be all up here knowing that God's with us, but if we don't feel God's with us, then something is disconnected, isn't it? The truth is that God doesn't want just uh, for us to know that he's with us. He wants to show us that he's with us. He wants us to experience that he's with us. And um, I remember as uh, they explained that message to us, there was then afterwards an opportunity to be prayed for. And I thought, you know what? After this year, I can do with some more. I, I can really do with some change. I want to not just know about God. I want to know him for myself. And I remember going up and uh, uh, all sorts of uh, things happened as people got prayed for. And for me, it, it, it wasn't a crazy thing that happened. It, uh, no fireworks started to explode as I was prayed for. But suddenly, suddenly as I was prayed for, I just had this deep sense and knowledge, not just a knowledge, but an experience that God was with me, that I was not alone, 
that even going through these difficult times, God had not abandoned me, that he still loved me and that he was for me. And ever since, it's been a, 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 a knowledge and an experience for my whole life. Even when we've had difficult uh, times, uh, like we hit that year, and uh, sadly it was going to go even harder. My friend died in the end, and um, uh, I still feel sad for that loss. But in the midst of it, I found that God was not just out there. He was not just with me. He knew me and wanted to be in me. He wanted to be God in me. It was an incredible moment, a deep awareness that God was with me. And um, uh, ever since, it's changed my life. Uh, I used to be a physiotherapist. I'm now a pastor. Um, that didn't happen uh, because I thought that was a, a mighty career change. That was because God did something in me, because he knew uh, what he had for me. And uh, ever since, uh, God started to change me, longing to be with him, not just uh, to, uh, to have him on my side, but to live for him, to be available and to live the way that he called me to live. And now... Many years later, uh, the reality is that I am the currency of Emmanuel. I am the currency of God with me. And you are the currency of God with us too, of the kingdom of heaven. You see, everywhere we go, just like the uh, gilders that I showed you right at the start with the little message on the side, God be with us. The truth is that you are the treasures of heaven and have God dwelling in you. The reality is that wherever you go, you take God with you. You are Emmanuel in all the places that you go. And as you encounter people, the reality is that they get to see a glimpse of God and what he is like through your life. You are the gilders of heaven. You are the hidden message throughout society. And as you go around, you have the opportunity to show the love of Jesus, the same love that he showed us to the world around. That's why we've taken up an offering today to make a difference for the people who need help. We're not here just to talk about good news. We're also here to be good news. And Jesus wants you to know that he is with you too. Wherever we go, his presence goes. In every conversation, every transaction and action, his message is extended. God's not far off. He is not just with us. He's Emmanuel. He wants to be God in us. And it says in Romans 8, verse 38, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither presence nor future, nor any power, neither heights or depths, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. What an amazing truth. Nothing can separate you from God. Now, I wonder as you sat here today, what your experience is of Emmanuel, God with us. Maybe you've had a fantastic year and you're rejoicing with us as we sing. Your heart can't help but sing because it's been such a blessed year. Um, perhaps some of you have felt God really near this year. You've been uh, encouraged as we've talked about the message of Emmanuel, God with us, and you've been freshly reminded of uh, that experience that you've already had. Or uh, perhaps you're going through a season where God does not feel close at all, where he seems as far as the stars are in the sky. Perhaps you've even wondered whether God cares, whether... He knows about your situation, whether he even cares about your situation. Perhaps you've never 
quite made that step. You've heard of God. You've, you, you, you might know that God's promise, Emmanuel, is for us today, but you have never experienced to be with God and for God to be with you personally. I want you to know that these verses, these promises that Isaiah brought right at the start are true for us today. God's love is for you. The promise of Emmanuel is for you, regardless of how you feel. Things went a lot worse for people in Isaiah's day. Even for Jesus, the Son of God, died on a cross, crying out to his Father, Why have you forsaken me? And heaven goes silent. Even then, God was there. And you need to know that in the midst of your life, God is with you. He has not forsaken you. Whatever you've done, wherever you've gone, whatever, you, whatever you've given yourself to, there is nothing we've seen in Romans that could separate you from the love of God. Perhaps you're sitting here and you say, well, you don't know what my life has been like. God couldn't possibly be with me. Well, Romans 8 says he can. And if God wrote it in the Bible, then he must have meant it. If he didn't mean it, he wouldn't have written it. And the reality is that all of us can receive God to be with us in this moment. There's hope. There's hope for you. There's hope for me. God's not just out there, not just with us, but he wants to be in us. I just want to take a moment now just to pray together, to invite God to come and be with us. Wherever your circumstance, whatever your situation, asking Jesus to come and be with you. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment and let's just take a moment to ask Jesus to come and be with us. After that, we're going to spend a little moment just for Jesus to come and reveal himself to you, to speak to you, just to open yourself up and for him to show him to, for him to show you that he loves you and that he's with you Jesus thank you that you are Emmanuel that you are God with us thank you that the hidden promise of old has been fulfilled that the God who hung the stars in heaven has drawn near to us thank you Jesus that you came to be a man to show us in our own language, in our own way, what it meant for God to love us. In the way that you healed people, the messages that you brought, and the way that you gave your life, you demonstrated the love of God. And Jesus, I pray now that you will become our Emmanuel afresh today, God with us. Whatever our circumstances, whatever this year has been like, we pray that you will come and that you will fill our hearts. Thank you that you are not far off and that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. So we invite you now to come and be with us here and now. Just going to spend a little moment, just keep your eyes closed. Just asking for God to come and speak to you. Now the way that I often seek to listen to God is just open my mind and the first thought that comes in my head, I just receive and ask, what does God mean by that? So we're just going to, as the music plays quietly, let God uh, and you have a little moment. And um, I want to encourage you to, to have a conversation with God. Where do you need God the most? Where do you need God to be with you in this season? And um, just be honest with God. Tell him how you feel. If he's been far away, then tell him that you felt far off. And let him show you how much he loves you in this moment. So let's just take a few minutes to do that.
Thank you, Jesus, that you are always with us. Thank you that the promise of Emmanuel has come and found us for many decades and years and centuries today. Thank you that your gift for us, your life, coming to be with us, it's not just a hypothetical truth. It's an experiential knowledge and understanding of your love for us. Jesus, we love you and we invite you to be our God with us today. In Jesus' name, amen.